Welcome to this week two edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points. As you well know by now, I am Bruce Monin, your host. As you should also well know by now, checking in from the greater Cincinnati area, we have our co-host, executive producer, and maybe researcher this week, we haven't decided yet, Rebecca Monin. If I do any research, it'll be live on air. I think I should tell them, Rebecca, I decided this week we need to bring back a popular feature. <laughs> oh boy, do we now? Time to cue the Huffman family singers. Scores of the week. Our scores of the week segment is going to be back, but we're going to do a little differently this week. We're just going to slide them in as their team comes up in the computer points talk. Just going to have the uh, the family singers interrupt whatever we're talking about in the middle of the podcast, blindside the listeners with the scores of the week song. That's the plan. Yes. Excellent. Also this week, the computer points are still not truly exciting yet. What we're doing is we're going to be inserting many tidbits from Drew Pasteur's Fantastic 50 website. Though I want to remind everyone right now, he's basing this on two weeks of play. So keep the grains of salt handy here because <laughs> it's, <laughs> but it's fun stuff to talk about. I actually did my research this week, Rebecca. Oh, I'm glad. I what found, did you research? I found out this is our 53rd podcast. Ah, so one of our preseason episodes was the bigger milestone. Yes. And we Old missed 50th. We sure did. I was kind of surprised. 53. I mean, it's been four years of podcasts. Yes, it has. This is our fourth year. That makes sense. By the way, if I seem particularly upbeat this week, it's because my beloved Minster Wildcats earned a victory, making this the first time they have a non-zero computer points total since the end of the 2020 season. Oh, no. So it's always been kind of depressing for me talking about computer points and my team has <laughs> zero. Oh, no. By the way, I will the- say it was shocking and pleasantly surprising to see that score come in on twitter i had to check in with you because i thought it was a mistype third quarter we had seven points and fourth quarter we had 27 and i was like that doesn't sound right but it was and it was wonderful nothing like scoring seven points all game and then putting on 20 points in the final four minutes and 40 (laughs) seconds or something like that but we'll take it we'll take it By the way, I did that research, too. I think that was 27 podcasts ago, the last time Minster earned computer points. So That's half of our podcasting career right there of zero Minster points. Fortunately, I do not believe that will be the last time they will earn them this season. I'm expecting more wins in the future. Probably not all wins, but more. But more. So since I'm still pumped, let's get right into it. Let's go. Division two, region eight. There were 14 teams in that region who have won a game so far. That means if you are winless, there's still two spots open for you, which <laughs> is good the, news for our friends from Sydney. Assuming the playoffs are next week, yep. Good news for our friends from Sydney who are 0-2 right now. There's still room in the playoff hunt for them. More importantly, up at the top, we have Lima Sr. and Pickwood. Both at 2-0, both tied for fourth place. And according to Drew Pasteur, 
Piqua is already playoff bound. That's a, a confident pick, but all right. Now, for you folks listening out there, you do not have the benefit I have of seeing Rebecca's face. <laughs> and when she makes that confused looking face, I know it's time for me to do some explaining. <laughs> oh, you also saw the terrible faces I was making a second earlier as I tried to wiggle in my chair without making a squeaky chair noise. I've made a few already. I'm going to have to replace this chair one of these days. <laughs> less, less, less movie? Less movie? Less uh, squirmy? How about that? Oop, there went one. <laughs> Squeaky. Squeaky, okay. Back to Piqua. <laughs> to clarify, this does not mean Piqua has already earned the points they need to make the playoffs. It means when you factor in the games that Drew Pasteur's computer thinks Piqua cannot lose, barring, you know, some minor miracles, they will then have enough computer points to make the playoffs. Now, as an example, in this case, there are six games remaining on Piqua's schedule where Drew's computer has them favored to win by 28 points or more. Oh, boy. His odds of Piqua winning these games are 99%, 99%, 98%, 98%, 97%, and 95%. By the yeah, way, I'd be feeling pretty comfortable if I were Piqua. Yes. By the way, they're favored in their other two games, too, just not by as much. So his computer says there's no way they don't win enough of those games to get into the playoffs. And I agree. I mean, when you're looking at those numbers... Hard to argue. Now, just in case he's totally wrong and Piqua loses the last eight games, I will not be making such a claim yet. This is all Drew Pasteur's computer. <laughs> not me. Keep that in mind, folks. <laughs> Deflect. Moving to Division Three, Region 10. 18 winners there. That means two one-on-one teams are currently in trouble, in danger of being left out. We follow Defiance. They're ranked 15th at one-on-one. So good enough for now, but hanging out on the old, uh, what's the old bubble, the old bubble. I like that. Our current bubble team. If we move over to region 11, 17 teams have won at least one game there. There's one, one in team going to be in trouble. Look at that. We follow bell fountain. They're one and one currently ranked number 11 though. So not too bad. Our first tidbit from drew Pasteur here, other than the Pequa thing. He says Bell Fountain is the number nine most improved team in Division Three this year through two games. In other words, their, their rating on his computer is higher than last year's by only eight teams have improved more than they have. My WordPad thingy that I'm looking at the document in just decided to quit, so I'm doing tech support on the side. You are flying blind, huh? Flying a little bit blind here, but... Good for Bell Fountain being the number nine most improved team in Division Three. It sure beats being the least improved team or the most unimproved team. Or sure. However you would word that sort of thing. And we have a cat sighting on the other end of the connection. Here. He just bit my arm, so I needed to pull him up to let him know that wasn't acceptable. If only the cat ever made noise, we could get him on the air as part of the team. Oh, he does. I'm sure you got some in the B-roll you can use. 
All right, we're going to move on to Region 12 now since the cat refuses to participate verbally. 19 teams have at least one win there, so three one-on-one teams will be left out should the season end right now. Our top team there is Tippecanoe out of Tip City. They are number three right now. By the way, Drew Pasteur says Tippecanoe is playoff bound, and even they should be hosting their first-round playoff game. Hmm. Is that what the extra color coding is for? That's what it's for, yes. I know what that means, but I didn't tell you. It's orange and the others are green. <laughs> yes, if they get a host a playoff game, they are orange. <laughs> None of our listeners can see the colors. <laughs> it's a little peek behind the curtain. Yes. <laughs> uh, we also have Elida running undefeated in this region, but they're only number seven right now, not quite piling up the computer points. Elida is listed as the number seven most improved team in D3. Oh. Several one-on-one teams there. Vandalia Butler at number 10, Lima Shawnee at number 15, and Wapakoneta at number 19. Lima Shawnee, by the way, the number 10 best team in danger of missing the playoffs in Division Three. That's an interesting superlative to have. Yeah, I found that one intriguing. He found teams that he put the level that said they just might not make the playoffs and then rank them. They would be ranked number 10 of all the teams that look somewhat likely to miss the playoffs. In Division Three. In Division Three, that is correct. By the way, just below those two, we have Salina at 0-2. They have the number eight toughest schedule in Division Three right now. Might be why they're 0-2, right? Might be, yeah. Hard to win when you schedule hard games. And you're going to see some more of that. We're going to find a few more WBL teams on that list of toughest schedules before we're done. Okay. By the way, our first Scores of the Week. <laughs> this week we had Van Wert beat Salina 43 to 7. Now, why That's is that significant. A, yeah, why is that a score of the week anyway? Well, I was following this game on Twitter, and at the half, the score was seven to nothing Salina. <laughs> and I've been looking at Van Wert as a possible state championship team this year. Yeah, that's a slow start. So I'm thinking Salina, woohoo, we have the upset of the week going here. And then it sort of fell apart. Drew Pasteur's computer had Van Wert favored by 39 points. Even after trailing at the half, they still won by 36. The computer comes through in the long run. Darn, that would have been a great story here locally if Slime had pulled that upset off. Would have occupied most of the sports page, I would imagine, the Salina Daily Standard, wouldn't you think? Yeah, it might have even been like front page news. Big front page news, not just a little box at the top. Yeah, big pictures and stuff, I bet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, moving on to Division 4. We'll start with Region 14. Exactly 16 teams have won at least one game in that region. So the winless teams still look left out right now. Up at the top, we have two WBL teams, St. Mary's at number two, Van Wert at number four. They are both playoff bound, according to the Fantastic 50 website. St. Mary's, by the way, the number nine toughest schedule in Division Four. Oh. And... After that, at one and one, we have Brian at number nine, Bell Fountain, Ben Logan, 
at number 15. And I don't think anyone calls them that. They're just Ben Logan. I just read that wrong. And Wasion also one and one, right? Number 15. And then we have a couple of WBL teams, Kenton and Lima Bath, along with Napoleon, who are 0-2 yet. But they all become relevant here. Uh, we mentioned Brian before. Mm-hmm. The number five best team in playoff danger in Division Four, the fifth. Oh best no! Team right, I just playoffs. Looked at the notes, and all of these are ranked teams for best playoff team in danger. Yes, we have our Lima Bath from the WBL. They have the number six toughest schedule in Division Four. Not surprisingly, they are the number seven best team in Division Four in danger of missing the playoffs. Kenton. The number two toughest schedule in Division Four, they're not considered to be good enough to be. Oh. Um, at this point, oh, no. their first their first two games have not given an indication that this is going to be Kenton's year. They can turn it around, but we haven't seen it yet. Oh, and that on our number seventeen team, Napoleon, they are the number eight best team in danger of missing the playoffs in Division Four. So all kinds of excitement there. Danger oh, is everywhere. Sorry. <laughs> moving over to region 16 let's do it 18 winners there two one and one teams might be in trouble that's not good news for us we only follow one and one and zero oh and two teams in this region we have st paris graham at number 14 we have urbana at number 17 also with a one and one record and tip city bethel still waiting to get that first win of the season urbana even though they're 17th and therefore not quite in the playoffs yet, they are the number four most improved team in Division Four. They've had a tough couple of years, so moving up a little bit this year. Yeah. By the way, Rebecca, you've been picking on me the last couple of weeks about fake sponsors or whatever. Sure, sure, sure. I do enjoy the fake sponsors. I actually had a real sponsorship offer this week. Ooh. I won't say who from. It was some national thing wanted me to put a link on a website and every time someone went there and then signed up for their services money would flow our way that's usually how sponsorships go it didn't seem like it'd be much money though and i don't really want to mess with the extra form on the taxes or anything. <laughs> you know there's those new 86 million irs agents or whatever they just approved that might come sniffing around so heaven forbid we get accused of tax fraud but on that note, if anyone would like to sponsor us and pay me in Milky Way or Three Musketeers bars, I'm all in favor. <laughs> we don't want money here. Just goods and services. What are you looking for, Rebecca? Um, you know, I don't know if there's... I would like something that would make you happy. How about a free tenderloin at the Oktoberfest? Oh, that'd be lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Get one of those refill buckets for the, the mini donuts for free. That'd be nice. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll just pay for it, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm going to get, I, you got to get a tenderloin and the mini donuts every time. I do not disagree with you on either point there. Holy cow, that cat's going crazy. I keep seeing, a, I keep seeing a tail flashing in front of my screen. Yeah, he's been walking all over me. Normally, he's asleep this time of day, but he hasn't gotten enough playtime yet. As long as you only let cats do that and not humans, <laughs> let the humans walking all over you, but the cats are okay. I, yeah, it'd be kind of odd if there was a human walking across my keyboard causing me to mistype things. 
I think it's time to move on to Division 5, don't you? <laughs> Let's do it. Region 18. Again, I believe we've mentioned this looks like a loaded region. We have 23 teams with at least one win in this region. So one and one, you might want to do a little better than that if you want to make the playoffs. This might be a greater than 500 type region. Leading the way at number one, the Coldwater Cavaliers of 2-0. and And that's despite the fact that Coldwater has the number four ranked toughest schedule in Division 5. Yeah, that's not terribly surprising. Just behind them, we have Liberty Center at number three, also undefeated. Archbold at number four, big win over St. Henry this week. Mm, good for them. Liberty Benton, number seven, also 2-0. and Oh, and speaking of these two, Archbold and Liberty Benton, playoff bound, according to Drew Pasteur. Coldwater, not yet. They have to survive some of that number four toughest schedule in Division Five first. It must really sting for them not to be locked in in round two. I'll have to wait another couple of weeks, I think. <laughs> By the way, Archbold also the number three best team performance in Division 5, according to Drew Pastor. That means they did better than predicted. Does that mean that this is a score of the week from Mr. Pastor? Yes, it is. Archbold, oh, boy. Archbold 34, St. Henry 10. A Scores of the week. By the way, St. Henry had gone 23 straight games, giving up 30 or less points. Archibald broke that streak there, scoring 34. Archibald now has gone 14 straight games where they have scored 30 or more points. That's pretty impressive. And what I forgot to look up. For that to be an active streak means they scored more than 30 points and lost a playoff game somewhere last year. Somebody played more than them. Betcha that was a fun game to watch. Very active. Definitely not a stalled in the middle kind of game, I would guess. We have four one-on-one teams we follow here. Tenora, ranked number 13. Delta, ranked 20. Spencerville, ranked 21. And Bluffton, ranked 23. Although I find... Slightly more intriguing, hanging out at 0-2 currently on the season, Ottawa Glandorf. They have, according to Mr. Pasteur, the number one toughest schedule in Division 5. And they are also the top team in Division 5 in danger of missing the playoffs right now. So that seems to keep coming up with these WBL teams, doesn't it? Yeah. I was wondering if they're schedule toughness is based purely on their opponents or the opponent's skill compared to their own in the past it should be based on what he has as the ranking for all of their opponents okay that would make sense moving down to region 20 we have another one of those orange teams rebecca oh boy ranked number one right now undefeated milton union playoff bound supposedly and should host their first round game. We follow two other undefeated teams. Jamestown Greenview is number three right now. And Preble Shawnee is number six. And Preble Shawnee is also expected to be playoff bound. They don't get the coveted orange highlight though. No, they're not necessarily up to hosting their first round game yet. They might have to win a few more games than expected. <laughs> Heading down to Division 6, getting into small school territory where much of our volume of teams we cover comes from. Where all the local excitement lives. In Region 22, 
18 win winners so far, 18 teams with at least one win. So once again, winless right now is not a good thing. Of course, it never really is. is it, it never is, no. <laughs> we have two undefeated teams, Patrick Henry at number eight and Evergreen at number 11. We also have Wayne Trace at number 12 at one and one. They are the fourth best team in Division Six in danger of missing the playoffs. That's just, that ranking is just a lot of words that you really need to say in the right order. Yes, it is. <laughs> and perhaps even more intriguing, at number 13, we have one and one Columbus Grove. They are green, which means Drew Pasteur says they are playoff bound. Even though they lost one of their first two games, he says they're going to win a whole bunch of other ones. All right. Good for and, them. And we don't want to forget Mount Blanchard Riverdale also at one and one ranked number 15. Closer to the bubble. Moving over to region 23, where we follow one team of, again, 19 winners in this region. So three one-on-one teams might be in trouble. West Jefferson is ranked number 10. I don't think they're going to be one of them. They lost their opening game one this week. They're one-on-one now. Just taking a look at their schedule, I just think you're going to see them win more than a plenty to be safe for the playoffs. Although, not so obviously so. Not so obviously so. I, uh, I think it works. Huh. It sounds wrong, but it may be grammatically right. Maybe just too many so's. Oh, definitely. Too many s's. But it's not so obvious that we can proclaim them playoff bound at this time. Does that sound better? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that one worked. And moving down to region 24, we have a color Rebecca has not seen before. It's purple. What could it mean? It is purple. Only 15 teams have won a game in this region. There's still a spot open for a winless team. Undefeated ranked number one, Marion Local. They are purple. That means they're playoff bound, and they are expected to host two playoff games. <laughs> that means they're expected to finish in the top four of this region already. Oh, my goodness. Uh, number two. For sales, also 2-0. and uh, We expect them to be playoff bound right now. At number five, 2-0 Allen East, also playoff bound. Going back to Marion Local, Drew Pasteur says the number one toughest schedule in Division Six. Yeah, that one I'm not surprised about. He also ranks their 42 to nothing win over Macomb this week as the best team performance in Division Six this year. <laughs> And, All right. he, and he ranks their 21 to 7 win over Wapakoneta in week one as the number four best performance in Division Six this year. That's why Drew has them ranked so highly and thinks they're going to finish in the top four already. They earned that purple. Sure looks that way. And we mentioned Versailles being number two. They also have the number two toughest schedule in Division Six. You would have thought they might have had number one because they have to play Marion Local. <laughs> Yeah, but I bet they're not picking as many um, Division Two II and Three teams to play as Marion yeah. Local is. They played, for sales, played Salina in week one, while Marion Local played Wapakoneta, and Wapakoneta is expected to win many more games than Salina this year. So that is probably your difference. We also have five one-and-one -one teams in this region. Two MAC teams start us off, Anna at number eight and Parkway at number nine. Anna is listed as having the number three toughest schedule in Division Six. 
and they are listed as the number three best team in Division Six in danger of missing the playoffs. Let's see if Parkway has something similar. They're a MAC team, right? Let's see. The number five toughest schedule in Division Six. How about that? How about it? And that even includes they played a Division Seven team who had never played a football game before this season. Huh. So even with that, still the fifth toughest schedule in Division Six. And that makes them the 10th best team in Division Six in danger of missing the playoffs. Seems to come with MAC territory. You have a tough schedule and you're in danger of missing the playoffs because you might lose those games. You sure might. Our other one-on-one teams, Twin Valley South, ranked number 10. Tri-Village ranked number 12. Both of those are supposedly playoff bound already. Their schedule's not quite so tough. Although I do see a little note for Twin Valley South there. A fun fact that they are the number three most improved team in Division 6. That is right. Boy, this is just awful. We talked about Parkway and we almost left out the Huffman family singers. How could we? Roll the tape. Scores of the week. That score of the week was Parkway 49, Pioneer North Central 12. This was the first loss in the two-game history of Pioneer North Central. They came out their first ever game with a win in week one. Pretty exciting, I bet, for the people there. Yeah. I wonder how much of a fan base they have built up. I don't know. First season ever might be kind of might be kind of big to start with. Don't know. They probably don't have too many funds for like a 50-50 raffle or good cushions in the stands. <laughs> I don't even have good cushions in the press box when I do stats. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's oh, by the way, stopping you from bringing your own. Nobody. That's unfortunate. By the way, another Parkway fact here I just saw. They had a 99-yard touchdown run during the game. Oh, those are fun. And here's where I failed you all. I have forgotten the running back's name, but that goes in the Parkway record books for the longest scoring run in Parkway history. We already mentioned Twin Valley South being the third most improved team in D6, didn't we? We sure did. All right. We almost left off National Trail, one and one, also ranked number 12. Not quite playoff bound yet, though. We're zooming. Oh, we follow so many teams in this region. As Rebecca said, we're on to Division 7, Region 26, and look at all those teams we follow. (laughs) That's... um, 70% of the region, since there's 30 teams there. By the way, 20 of those 30 teams have won at least one game. So four one-in-one teams are in trouble at the moment. Let's start us out at the top. Sure. Number one, Lima Central Catholic. They're they're light green. That means Drew Pasteur says playoff bound already. (laughs) Also undefeated at number two, Convoy Crestview. And number three, Arlington. And number four, Antwerp, also looking playoff bound. Tied with Antwerp is at number four is Edgerton and Waynesfield Goshen. Waynesfield Goshen looking like the first team in Glaze County to be playoff bound. We'll have to look. We still have uh, someone in Region 28 that might tie them. My memory's a little off right now, and it's not on the page, so I can't see it. I was just thinking, I don't know if I could tell you what teams are in Glaze County other than like 
Wapak and Minster and Bremen. One more. St. Mary's. St. Mary's. See, it gets tricky growing up in the handle of the Auglaise County gun. You know, I don't know what nearby us is in any of the four counties within two miles of the city center, town yeah. center, we village have, center. We have much of Mercer and Shelby County closer to us than much of Auglaise County. Good chunk of dark as well. Speaking of our playoff bound Waynesfield Goshen in Auglaise County, as we are, and I, as I have been for <laughs> 50 some years, I've been to Waynesfield once in my life. <laughs> I took a wrong turn and saw a sign for Waynesfield and said, oh, I should see what Waynesfield looks like. So, <laughs> yeah, we're not very good at checking out our, our home county. No, we're not. And it's too far from my bicycle to reach. So, all right. We also have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, one and one teams in this region. At number eight, we have playoff bound Pandora Gilboa. At number nine, playoff bound Macomb, despite that, what did I say, 42 to nothing loss to Marion Local this week? Yeah. That's not exactly something to be totally ashamed of. It's really not. At number 10, we have Lipsick. And tied at, no- at number 13, we have Delphi St. John's, Hardin Northern, Ridgemont, Defiance Ayersville. North Baltimore and playoff bound Upper Scioto Valley. <laughs> and then Rebecca, we have another new color. Oh, we do. Oh, that's not good at this point in the game. Unfortunately, it's not. One of our winless teams, Owen 2 Van Lu, are currently considered to be out of playoff contention. Now, to be honest, I'm not sure they're going to play enough games to make to qualify for the playoffs anyway. As we hit our Scores of the week. Another score of the week here. We had Mount Blanchard Riverdale beat Van Lu 38 to 36. Oh, that's so close. So close. Van Lu played most, if not all, of the second half with only 10 players. Isn't that not enough people on the field? We had to do some research. Not me, someone did the and asked the ref thing on the internet. And it says that if you have less than eight players, you get flagged for every offensive play for having an illegal formation. So as long as you have eight players, you can go. Technically, on defense, you can have as few as you want. It's not a penalty. But I just don't think you're winning many games with less than 11 players on the field. No, I don't think you are. So I think... Don't hold me to it, but I think I recall hearing they started with 13 players. If they were down to 10 already, I, I just don't see Van Lu making it through the season. And I'm not really sure if they should try, to be quite honest. We should uh, send someone over there to talk to them about the wonders that is the eight-man football league. They're not that far away from a lot of eight-man schools, and a few of them have open weeks. They could get in a couple games. Or if they wanted to play an 11-man, maybe they could call up Bradford, who canceled their season for not having enough players. Maybe they could have a game sometime this year. But I guess it's not our job to tell Van Lu how to run their own stuff, right? It certainly is not, although we give our opinion so freely. Yes, we do. But, you know, don't, don't take it too seriously. We're just, we're just yabbering here, right? <laughs> take everything with the grain of salt that is I'm spending the entire podcast chasing my cat around an office. 
Oh, and there was our list of teams was so long, I forgot to hit our special tidbits as we went through them. So let's tack that on here at the end for Region 26. Lightning round. Let's go. All right. The number one team, Lima Central Catholic, have the toughest schedule in Division 7 and Drew Pasteur's seventh best team performance in Division 7 with their 54 to 27 win over Delphi St. John's this week. The number 10 team, Lipsick, had the number two best performance in Division 7 with a 48 to 6 win over Sherwood Fairview. I guess that could qualify as a. Is it another score of the week? Are we going to make them listen to the song again? <laughs> Maybe we'll let them off the hook this time. <laughs> <laughs> or just play like the first half second of it. By the way, the aforementioned Delphi St. John's ranked 13th. They are the best team in Division 7 in danger of missing the playoffs. Partly because they have the number six toughest schedule in Division 7. Oh my goodness. Uh, we had a couple of winless teams also. Eden, they are the fifth best team in Division 7 in danger of missing the playoffs. And Delphus Jefferson, they are the seventh best team in Division 7 in danger of missing the playoffs. Lots of danger in this region, Rebecca. Lots of danger. And that brings us to the other half of Division 7 that we cover, Region 28. Only 14 teams have won a game in this region, so there's still two spots open for you winless squads. Go and get them, right? Go and get them. Grab them while they're hot. We'll start with Mechanicsburg, ranked number one. Mechanicsburg, by the way, playoff bound. At number two is Cedarville. They are only 1-0. They had a club team, if I remember right, in the first week, a non-computer points game, so... Big points for winning their one game so far this year. Cedarville is also the second most improved team in Division 7 this year after one game. <laughs> I feel like these, these superlatives mean nothing at this point. <laughs> They'll mean more and more as the season goes on. I hope so. There should also be less of them as the season goes on. <laughs> That'll be nice as well. <laughs> All right, at number three, we have New Bremen. New Bremen has the sixth best performance in Division 7 so far with their 41 to nothing win over Sydney Lehman. And they have the fifth toughest schedule in Division 7. At number four, South Charleston Southeastern, 2-0. Good start for them. Also at number four, Ansonia, who, like Mechanicsburg and New Bremen, is playoff bound. Moving down to our one and one teams, tied at seventh, we have Fort Recovery and Minster. Ooh, we did it. Fort Recovery has the third toughest schedule in Division Seven. Minster has the second toughest schedule in Division Seven and are currently rated as the fifth most improved team in Division Seven. So, good start for Minster, getting that nice 27 13 win over Graham last week. At number 11, we have Fort Laramie. They are playoff bound, supposedly, and they have the eighth toughest schedule in Division 7. Following that, we have two teams ranked number 12, St. Henry and Mississippi Valley. St. Henry, the number seven toughest schedule in Division 7. Mississippi Valley, the seventh most improved team in the division. Lots of superlatives here in this region. So, so many. <laughs> 
And at number 14, we have Sydney Lehman Catholic, our bottom-ranked team who has a win, which I guess is better than being the top-ranked team without a win, right? <laughs> I guess. But Sydney Lehman, Drew Pasteur says, is the number 10 most improved team in Division Seven this year. And we have a few teams down there without a win yet. One of them, DeGraff Riverside, ranked the sixth best team in playoff danger in Division Seven. So there we go. There's all of our Drew Pasteur superlatives for this week. We made it. We survived. Before we wrap it up, a brief look at the old eight-man football division. Yes, please. They sort of got started this week. The Sandusky-St. Mary's versus New London game was canceled. I have not found out by who yet. I'm guessing, or would that be whom? It'd be whom. Whom. I'm guessing it was New London. They're the one team that's not in the Northern Eight Conference. We did have Toledo Christian and Stryker both get wins in, in their first game. They're ranked number one in the rankings. The teams that lost, of course, and the teams that didn't play, Lakeside, Danbury, Holgate, Sandusky, St. Mary's, and New London, ranked a little lower because they have no computer points yet. Right. And the team we're kind of watching out for, the Tri-State Kings Crusaders over in Indiana, just because they're in that Northern Eight Conference, they earned their second win this week. No second-level points yet, so they still have the exact same rating as Toledo Christian Striker. So we have a three-team log jam at the top. <laughs> that should get broken up over the next couple of weeks, I would think. I would think, yeah. And that's about it. Is there anything else you can think of, Rebecca? I cannot. Having a slow day for fun facts. Yeah. I didn't think up any on my bicycle ride today. It was too windy. Ah, that'll do it to you. I will ask you if you please, please talk your friends into subscribing to this podcast. I'm not sure why it's important to us, but it is for some reason. Watching the little numbers goes up makes us feel so happy. Except the webpage I went to that tracked the numbers quit giving me fresh numbers two weeks ago. It just says zero now, which I know is wrong. I sure hope it's wrong. Because I subscribe to it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not opposed to talking to the void for this. It would make me feel better about the fact that we don't get any people writing in their questions or comments, which, by the way, can be submitted to bdmonin at nktelco.net as an email or on Twitter to at Bruce Monin. Should the urge strike you, just pop up a conversation and say you came from the podcast. And you are correct. No questions this week. So I guess we can wrap this up. We don't want to keep you too long. You all have important lives to live, I'm sure. Some would say I do not, but that's another matter. <laughs> it's a different level of import. The excitement comes up a notch this week as our Cincinnati Bearcats open play at Ranked Arkansas this weekend. Oh. Which means I'll spend three and a half to four hours not working on computer points Saturday afternoon. It's also Labor Day weekend, so Monday should be free for quite a few people. Don't, I mean, don't know what that means for the football world. That means no school, but they'll probably have practice at the same time anyway. Fun <laughs> fact, with Labor Day, it's also opening weekend for the Ohio Renaissance Festival. So maybe I'll scrape together a group of people and go do the least football thing possible. Boy, I can't think of something that's least football than that. Although the jousting is kind of a... It, I mean, the horses aren't very football. No, they're not. But, I mean, the full plate armor kind of is. So with that, we'll wrap this up. 
I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Rebecca hopes you enjoyed this podcast. I sure do. We'll be back next week, whether you've been watching football or going to Renaissance festivals. We will be back discussing computer points next week here on Bruce Monin's Computer Points.